Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewellery of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 16 of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? I'm David and I'm joined by Matt. How are you, pal? Yeah, not too bad. Bit bit sore today. Um, Alan and I running around yesterday in the Cows vs. Stu Mel annual charity match. Um, don't know if Alan was doing much running, but yeah, it was a good, good day, but yeah, a few, few sore bodies, I think, which are kicking around. How are you doing, Alan? Well, I played 25 minutes, got smashed once, and I've currently got strapping on my knee. So, <laughs> a great day all in all. So, a glorious return to the game. And uh, thanks again for joining us, and happy Christmas to you all. Hope you've had a good festive period. We're back to talk about everything that has been going on in Scottish rugby. And thankfully, there was actually some news put out this morning, so we do have some things to talk about. You're probably listening to us on Acast or on iTunes You've been chatting, as always, loads on our Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pods and a little bit on Instagram, Thistle understroke rugby understroke pods. We've had a great review. Um, five stars from Ali McFadden, the three wise men of Scottish rugby. This is on iTunes. Um, this show has mirrored the fortunes of Scottish rugby and has risen up like a phoenix from the ashes of the dreaded noughties of SRU history. The arrival of a new episode is always a highlight of the week and is the signal for the build-up to the next big match. All Scottish rugby fans should make this pod part of their weekly routine. Flip-flopping from positivity to negativity to quizzes that even leave the stat men wondering where you dug that up, this pod continues to blossom like the Price-Russell-Jones triangle with li- listeners keen to show it how it all... What? With listeners keen to, sh- to see how it all comes together. Keep it up. I was doing all right there right until the end, but pretty good review. 
I'll tell you that, and it's actually reminded me of quite a funny Scottish rugby story that happened in my life on Christmas Eve. It's so walking back after some failed Christmas shopping with my brother, and we bumped into Gordon Mackay, remember him? The old um, CEO of the SRU. And he looked in, like, hanging Nick. He looked awful. And I was like, I don't think it's him. My brother was like, there's only one way to find out. And as he was walking down the street, he turned around and went, Gordo! <laughs> and he turned around and we, like, ran away. <laughs> Pathetic, really, but quite funny. That is um, quite good. Um, so, Alan wants to say something? Go on, then. just want to say, if you want to know where the stats come from, Wikipedia. <laughs> so, yeah. So that is why they are generally usually a little bit wrong. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, righto, so we get into some news and then we'll look back at the fairly dreary 1872 Cup game on the 23rd and then look ahead to Saturday's match at Scotston. Righto, we said there was some news announced this morning. Edinburgh said that um, they have signed a Samoan prop called Jordan Lay. Five caps from the Bay of Plenty. Do we know anything about him? I'd never heard of him in my life. Alan? I went to my usual source of knowledge, Wikipedia. No Wikipedia page to be seen, which makes me think he doesn't exist. <laughs> he has played five. He did play against Scotland in the autumn, so must be all right. I imagine so. He, he does have a highlights reel on YouTube from 2015, but it's either really badly edited because it just shows sort of full bits of matches where he's kind of just like jogging around. <laughs> um, or he genuinely has no, no highlights. But he's, he's surely been brought in short-term to cover continuing front-row crisis at Edinburgh, not made any uh, better by um, the red card in the 1872. Yeah, well, I think obviously Bergen's going to be out for probably a minimum of 12 weeks. Right? Yeah, that's sort of a minimum sanction for that sort of offence. So with him out, and then also a lot of Scotland games to come where people like Marfo are going to be playing, and there will be Edinburgh games to play, pretty desperate for for people at the moment so yeah i think it's just a signing that had to be made fair enough well best of luck to jordan i believe it's being briefed out that he's going to be involved against glasgow at the weekend so we're going to get a pretty decent look at him sooner rather than later also the last paragraph of that announcement from edinburgh this morning anton bresler has left edinburgh shortly in shortly afterwards it was confirmed that he's off to um worcester so the trojan horse continues doesn't it yeah, it's, it's bizarre. And that also, Solomons has been appointed director of rugby at Worcester this week, I think. Yeah, exactly. And presumably, he was the man who signed Bresler for Edinburgh. So he's just always liked him and he's taken him with him, right? Yeah, and I think it was Mark Palmer tweeting about today that he is no longer Scots qualified, even though he got in the Scotland training squad in the autumn because he's left Scotland without a cap. Yeah, Alan was telling me about this before the pod. Alan, take us through the details. <laughs> Uh, law 8 article 3 states that no so basically after your residency period you have to get a cap before leaving the country and as he hasn't had his cap the three years is done so if he ever did want to play for Scotland again he would now have to come back and play for five years for Edinburgh so I think even though he was in the Scotland squad in the August as part of that uh, I think it was a 41 man training squad in St Andrews he's uh, obviously surplus to requirements he is, though, right? I mean, Edinburgh is a bit of a renaissance from um, Gilchrist, Toulouse, um, and some young lads coming through as well. It's not a big loss for them, is it? It's not a big loss, but I feel bad for Anson Bresler. I mean, that was his dream to play for Scotland, you know, gr- growing up in, in the Gorbals. That was all he ever wanted, really. Um, so, poor, poor guy, really. Poor, poor guy. He's also quite like 
weird, gives out weird likes on Twitter. So he's actually a big fan of the of our Twitter page, and he gives us like quite a lot of likes for our content. But we got a negative response from someone that shall not be named, and Bresler was absolutely piling in with the likes. So there you go, strange guy. He's quite sporadic. I remember must have been last year we put out a tweet where he dropped the ball, and I think you were in charge, and you'd called him dildo hands, yeah. and <laughs> and he liked it. So. I was just fairly liberal with the love. Fair enough. Um, some business going the other way. Mark Palmer was uh, in the Sunday Times last on Sunday saying that George Turner is going to make his move to Glasgow permanent. That's a pretty good bit of business. Yes. I, I'm starting to think that Turner's a backup hooker and not a starting hooker for Glasgow. That 20-minute impact because he's super physical. Yeah, I just don't think he... I mean, and maybe he'll come He'll come too, but I just don't think he's got the size or consistency that a team like Glasgow need if they want to challenge for the European sort of European Championship. Um, and so having him as sort of a bench player who can come in for someone like Fraser Brown is a sort of a really great option to have. Yeah, I agree. And I think it, you may, at the start of the season would have said that's a real shame that... Edinburgh have lost him, but I suppose having McInally now, you sort of good, and, and you've got Ford as well. It's not so much of a of a miss, um, but it's it's still funny that he's managed to get a within a year, like being a Sabbath player at Glasgow when he spent like five years at Edinburgh going nowhere. Yeah, it's quite amazing. But he's taking his shot. So best of luck to G down the MA. Um, Edinburgh last couple of bits: Do- Doogie Fife and James Johnson. We Jimmy have now been signed on permanent deals with the Edinburgh squad, having been told at the beginning of the season that we're sur- they were surplus to requirements. So that's a pretty decent turnaround for them. The whole sort of, it's the rise and fall of Dougie Fife. Like, got a Scotland cap, then got canned by Edinburgh, played sevens, and has worked his way back up. And um, I thought particularly Jamie jo- uh, Jimmy Johnson was really good. Well, not really good, but very solid in 1872 and sort of didn't seem to be... Um, intimidated by the challenge of Hugh Jones or anything so it's good to see um another bit of news that's coming coming straight from the the front bit of Grand Cru <laughs> the, <laughs> the other night where quite a few of the Edinburgh boys were out actually celebrating fair play to them yeah. is there have been rumours that Sam and Klein is going to go south Newcastle Bath but I've got a good authority is going to Bristol's Ooh. yeah Bristol how much cash I, I don't know but presumably quite a lot I, I think he probably they don't have too many good nines at Bristol. He'd probably start in the Premiership. Quite a good move. He looked pretty decent when he was laying into Ali Price at the 1872. He looks up for the up for the fight. I can I can believe it. He he's been coming into a bit of form. Yeah. I'd say that if obviously Laidlaw's still injured in six nations, Hidalgo Klein's got to be your man coming off the bench, and obviously gives you more options. He can probably cover um, a couple yeah. of other positions in the back line as well, which just gives you a few more a few more options. And he can kick. So, um, no, good to see. And cash, cash, cash. Money talks. So you heard it here first. He's off to Bristol's. Sam Hidalgo Klein, thanks for coming. Um, <laughs> thus concludes our news section of the, uh, of the podcast, I think. That's not too bad for Christmas, though. A few bits and pieces to talk about. Um, shall we look back at the 1872 Cup? 1817 to Edinburgh with 14 men for 75 minutes of the match. Tries for Glasgow from Hugh Jones and Scott Cummings and then Edinburgh 
storming back with Nathan Files and Christine getting that last minute try to win. Um, I was there. It was cold. It was a pretty awful spectacle, but a pretty astonishing result for Edinburgh. Yeah, very fair. So um, once again, I was at the Marfield Bar getting, getting the beers in, ca- cash only. And then I yeah, came into the stadium. I obviously missed like the first five minutes of the match. And Edinburgh were 7-0 down and everyone was talking about a red card. And I was like, oh, right. Okay, here we go. 75 more minutes of this. Like, there's no way they're going to win. They're they're not even favourites, and you know they're a man down in the scrum. Um, but yeah, they were. I suppose you say dogged is the best thing you'd say about it. Like, it wasn't much skill, but it was a lot of endeavour and you know fair play. No right to no right to win that match. I thought I think dogged's exactly what they were, but I think they had to be. And as soon as that man goes off, particularly in the front row, you know you're up against it. And I think perversely, had it been 15 against 15, Glasgow would have gone on to win that game. Because I think they dropped off massively when Edinburgh went down to 14. They were 7-3 up, I think, at the time. And they were just like, right, this is it. We're Glasgow. We're already up. This is, is going to be too easy. And they really dropped off. The skill level was poor. I thought Pete Horn had a very, very average game at 10. Really didn't take advantage of um, you know, the one-man difference. It was, uh, it was a really poor performance from, from Glasgow. And Edinburgh did exactly what they needed to do. They tightened it up. They made Glasgow play for everything. They slowed the ball down. And they kept themselves in the game with five minutes to go. And then they got their chance. It was, uh, it was yeah, fair play to them. It was, it was a bad game of rugby to watch. But fair, fair play to Edinburgh for getting the result. I think we obviously had a review last week where someone told us off for swearing. And I think when we're forced to sit through 80 minutes of rugby like that and then talk about it for an additional 40 minutes, it's quite hard to not swear at how genuinely I actually thought it was a bit pathetic. I, 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 I actually thought it was probably the worst Glasgow performance I've seen in about two years. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I can agree with that. Um, and I, I think you're right. I think when they went 7-0 down, it felt especially the Glasgow backs just thought the win would come. And what Edinburgh did to their credit was they played played their game and Glasgow let them play their game. So we talked a little bit about, talked a bit about Pete Horn's performance and obviously Pete Horn's been playing quite well, but hasn't really started, hasn't really started too many games at 10. And, we saw he kicked 17 times in that game and passed 11 times. For your 10, and I know they play a lot of Ali Price, but for you to go, for you to be 7-0 up after five minutes against 14 men and for your 10 to only pass the ball 11 times just seems relatively strange. And obviously they were doing a lot of a kicking game, but actually Edinburgh were then able to kind of slow the ball down, had the majority of the possession and kind of, got to just kind of bring the game back to them a little bit. Yeah. I kind of, it just felt very flat even afterwards, like Edinburgh celebrating the win, just because it was, just overall the whole thing I think was so disappointing. And actually I come away from it thinking, yeah, obviously a great result for Edinburgh, but are there many winners out of that? Like, you know, Glasgow playing really, really poorly. They're meant to provide the, like most of our Scotland players. Edinburgh, you know, winning, but, you can't keep winning games like that, I don't think. I think Edinburgh need to still need to add more to their game. And fair enough, fair enough. They were down to 14 minutes. It was different, but um, 
and maybe they didn't do need that grit, but just overall, I kind of came out thinking it was on. It was like Sky Sports main match of the day as well. People were watching that just think like, I thought Scottish rugby was meant to be good. I think we are being a little bit down. It was a bad game, but I think I think Edinburgh. You can only do what playing what's in front of you. You got fourteen men. You've got to go for that tight game and to get the win. I took a lot of heart from that. I think that Edinburgh can actually still grind this stuff out. Because when the man went off, I was like, this could be 60 points. This could easily be 60 points to Glasgow. And maybe not a winner for Glasgow, but maybe they were just beginning to believe their own hype a little bit. 10 games on the spin in um, in the Pro 12. Had a tough time in Europe. Maybe they were back thinking, we're the big boys of Scottish rugby. We'll just brush Edinburgh aside and everything will be okay. Hopefully it will give all the players a bit of a kick up the arse, really. I think we will see a bit of a backlash at at Scottsdale this weekend. I think we've sort of talked a little bit about the key matchups, and I think if you look at the forwards, McAnally, MOM, Brown relatively anonymous in most of that yeah. game. So McAnally as captain, MOM performance at home really sort of stood up to be counted. Yeah. And I think obviously it was a pretty weak Glasgow back row with sort of Harley, Matt Smith, who actually probably played the best of the Glasgow forwards, and uh, Vanessa. But I think, obviously, Watson Watson had a very short game, but actually looked super sharp at the start. Colonel Dupree, Richie, when he came on, all really, he said, dogged, and actually won that forwards battle against that Glasgow pack. And one name he didn't hit there, Matter. Yeah. Matter's looking absolutely brilliant for Edinburgh. It seems that Cockerell's really got him, because he was... It, I think Cockles has really got him and is making him getting the most out of him. That hit he put in on Matt Smith. I mean, Matt Smith was sort of jogging along, but was absolutely massive. And he was just throughout the day making big, big ball carries. Um, I thought it was a couple, a couple of decent performances from our Scottish South Africans in the back line for Edinburgh as well. I thought Van der Waal at ten looks lively. I think he's definitely an upgrade from either the pudding or or Tovey. <laughs> and. Um, Duan van der Merwe on the, on the wing. He's a big lad and he seems to always make um, quite a few yards. He's got real budget skills though. Like he's a big lad, but like when it comes to like passing, yeah, yeah. he's quite budget. Um, I, think, I think you touched on it, but yeah, Hugh Jones probably had his poorest game for Scotland or Glasgow, yeah, yeah. Um, especially in sort of 2017. And you're right, I think... He probably tried to push the ball a little bit too much, a couple too many offloads. And actually, Jimmy Johnson, probably for him, his biggest game of his career at home at Murrayfield against the incumbent 13, whilst obviously didn't get much in attack, stood up in defence and and actually marshaled Hugh Jones um, pretty well. What about Finn? Came on for a cameo 20, well, not cameo, 25 minutes or so in the second half. Gave gave Glasgow a bit more zip, but... I didn't think it was a particularly commanding performance. Seemed to, he definitely threw away one try with that little crossfield grubber when there was a five on two, going begging. Matt, what did you make of it? Yeah, I thought um, it's, it's fair enough. You when you you're playing as a team with like a man down, you want to you don't want to force it. You do want to kind of relax and in a, in a sense. And I'm sure that everyone was saying, "Don't worry, lads, it'll come, it'll come." But I think in the end, even when Russell came on, he was he looked sort of you know that's what he's like, but almost too relaxed and chilled out. Um, you know, it's it's a funny one, obviously. He's not been playing, and Horn has been playing, and I wonder if that's if that's the way that Reddy's going to approach the rest of the season, because Finn's leaving, then I think Glasgow are really going to suffer as a result of that. 
I think so. I was sitting behind um, three absolute Glasgow ultras um, in the stands, and I asked them that exact question. I was like, "What's going on? Why is Finn on the on the bench?" And their their take on it was just that Rennie's making people like properly earn that jersey. He's just like, if you're you've really got to put your hand up, you want to play for Glasgow. You, nothing is there's absolutely nothing taken for granted. So that was their their view. I mean, I, d- I doubt they've got much of a, a direct line in, but you know that's just what they thought. That was their view from um, sort of being following the club week in, week out. Yeah, just just another point, guys, as well. I think that, fair enough, Vinicius has not played very many games, but I think he's pretty budget. I thought he was actually really bad against Edinburgh. I think for a big, big lad, he doesn't do, he doesn't, you know, carry his weight around. And I think that's where Glasgow sort of, for quite a while, they needed to buy a really good eight in the summer, and they haven't done so. And fair enough, Ash was playing well and is injured, but... I think that Glasgow really, and particularly in Europe as well, suffer from not having like a big ball carrying eight. And I thought actually something like that could have made a bit of a difference against Edinburgh. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We would quite like Matter or at least Cornel Dupree or maybe Strauss. But <laughs> um, Strauss is gone and what sounds like playing very, very well for sale, which just sort of highlights how weird that um, sort of decision was. There was um, an interesting subject launched on the Glasgow Rugby Forum, which is my favourite place to spend most of my working time, um, saying, is Dave Rennie the new Alan Solomons? Discuss. (laughs) Um, I imagine that got a few people's um, backup, did it? I mean, he chucked in a rod... And he pulled out some of the biggest fish you've ever seen in your entire life. Um, but no, I think Dave Rennie is obviously trying to sort of build something. Again, still a lot of young players. And I think you got to, this was performance. And I know I've been pretty harsh about it, but it's a one-off. I think actually in Europe, whilst there's been four losses, I think there's been enough in those performances to sort of actually merit a lot of congratulations. And I think, you know, 10-0 before this I wouldn't be surprised if Glasgow came out and actually played really really well at Scottsdale this week yeah, yeah I, I completely agree and we will come on to have a look forward to that match on Saturday um, Alan you got a quick quiz quick quiz for us got a real like ragtag group of questions I sort of started out by being like this would be a 2017 quiz and then kind of didn't do that and just sort of kind of went off on my own little way. Sounds amazing. <laughs> Sounds awesome. But I do start with a couple of 2017 questions, so that's fine. Um, Scotland v. Ireland, Six Nations. 
27-22. Two tries from the main man, Stuart Hogg. Who scored the other try? Nice little one to kick it off. Got it. It was a uh, fairly memorable as well. Um, Scotland versus Italy in Singapore. 34-3 win to the Scots. Great little win. Tri- five tries. One from Price, one from Visser, one from Hoyland, and two from one absolute legend. Who scored those two tries? Maybe a loose use of the word legend. But I'm pretty sure I've used this next question in a quiz before, but it's fine. In the Guinness Pro 12 Dream Team, Glasgow and Edinburgh each had one player in it. Who were those two players? This is for the 16-17 Pro 12 Dream Team, which was basically eight Munster, four Leinster, two Scarlet, uh, one Scarlet, and these two guys. Right, 17-18 season, which Scottish player has scored the most tries in the Pro 14? Actual Scotland cap or someone playing for one of the Scotland teams? It's the same. Okay, thank you. <laughs> what Glasgow player has been involved in all 11 Pro 14 games this season? I saw them. I saw something about this and I can't remember, which is really, really annoying. <laughs> Next one. Which player playing for either Edinburgh or Glasgow has had the most offloads in the Pro 14 this season? I mean, I'd usually guess Finn, but he hasn't actually played that many games for Glasgow in the Pro 14. Yeah, that, that is true. And the last question, which Edinburgh rugby player unceremoniously calls out the Thistle Rugby podcast for talk, for give, giving shit to Daryl Marfo <laughs> before the Scotland-Samoa game back in November? Ooh, he, he who must not be named. He who must not be named. <laughs> what, was, what was question four again? Question four was which, Gla- which Glasgow player has been involved in all 11 games. Was that question five? Who was the top try scorer in a... Who, which Scotland player has scored the most tries in the 17-18 Pro 14 this year? Right, should we kick it off with the first one? That was easy. Yeah. Who scored the third try for Scotland? Alex Dunbar. Hanny is nodding his head. Yep, line-out move. Pretty sexy. Very nice. Not seen it again. Um... Against Italy, who scored the two the two tries? Ross Ford. Ross Ford is correct. I wrote Greek Tonks. Oh <laughs> no, mate! I don't think he even played. So before before that game, Ross Ford had two tries in I think it was 108 caps, and he doubled it in that game. And then he got another try against Fiji. So he's on five tries after 110 caps. Now that we're talking about it, I remember it. But <laughs> I just thought because when Greek Tonks, you know, went on to start at fullback against Australia, I was like, he must have yeah. done something really good to get that jersey. Yeah, nah, Tooney just doing, just playing around. Um, right, which Glasgow player was in the Pro Twelve Dream Team? Johnny Gray. Tommy Seymour. Tommy Seymour oh. is correct. And what Edinburgh player? Big Ben Tullis. Oh, no, I put Conor Dupree. B B T coming in hot. So that's three two. I remember it because we had to apologise for slagging off Ben Tillis because he got into the um, the yeah. dream team. Yeah. Difficult. That's true. Right, which Scottish player has scored the most tries this se- this season in the Pro 14? Davos, talk to me. 
I haven't written anything down, but now I'm thinking about it. I'm going to say Stuart McAnally. Rambo. That's a good answer. I literally have no idea. It's Tommy Seymour. That's a, te- that's a, that's a crap answer. Um, Sam Hadagel Klein. Is it? Six tries. He got that hat trick against the Kings. And he scored one against the Cheers, and I don't know. I've, I, I don't know where his other one came from, but, <laughs> but fair enough. Yeah, he has. Um, which Glasgow player has been involved in every Pro 14 game this season? Davos. Okay. Hanny. I was torn between, I thought it might be Jackson, but I think it's Matt Smith. But I could be wrong. I think it's wrong. Who are you going for? Matt Smith. I've written down Lee Jones, but I know it's wrong. Jack Go is correct. Oh. Yeah, mate. Matt Smith wasn't really that involved at the start. I just get the sense he like was on the bench for the start or something. He seems to be around. There you go. You look like you're struggling, mate. This could be your. F- is this your first loss? I think I've, I think I've, I think I've lost one before. You yeah. take advantage of me when I'm fragile. <laughs> right. Most offloads by a Glasgow player in the Pro 14. <laughs> Did I say initially say Scottish player? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I suppose my answer of Hamish Watson is no longer is no longer valid. Offloads though. Um, how about? It's also the most for a Scottish player. Just so we know. Okay. Um, Johnny Gray. Johnny Gray literally never chucks offloads. <laughs> But that could be right, because obviously Hanny hasn't answered yet. So, Hanny, what have you got for me? Um, I have Tim Swinson. <laughs> what is wrong with you today? <laughs> Having an absolute shambles. Rory Jackson. Oh, I, was actually, I was actually thinking that. I thought you wouldn't have two, two of the same. That was how I was thinking. So, And then, so, 3-2 to Davos. And then, I think, what, last question. Which... Which Edinburgh Robbie star incorrectly called us out for not apologising to Daryl Morphle after we had not sent one but two apology tweets commending him and his wonderful performance against Samoa. Davos for the win. It was Jason Toby. And look what's happened to Toby since. He's not even getting a game for Edinburgh. This is what happens to you. <laughs> you dish the pod. We, we know people in high places. I've spoken to people in Grand Cru. <laughs> Well, that's be warned. <laughs> well, well, is that a win for me then? Yeah, that is a win. Four three takes her home. Well done. Um, yeah, I, I mean the the BBT Tommy Seymour. I remember you you and me specifically chatting about the rise of BBT and him slipping into the Guinness Pro Pro Twelve Dream Team. It was probably one of those great pods when it was just me and you without Matt. Yeah, one of those classic. Absolutely classic episodes. Um, well, that's very good. Delighted with that. To end the year on a high, personally. Um, should we have a quick look forward to the game at the weekend? I don't think the teams have been announced yet, so I'm not entirely sure what we can say about this. But what do you think Glasgow have got to do to turn it around, Alan? So there's a bit of chat about Gibbons being back for the game, which is huge because I think Rob Harley, both in attack and defence, was pretty ineffective. Um, at the weekend and I think in terms of being able to match that Edinburgh aggression and doggedness having someone like Gibbons in there just to almost like because Matt Smith is great 
around sort of the loose and making tackles and kind of getting over the ball. But again, he's still young and he's still quite small and he needs he needs someone like Gibbons to almost be like the enforcer around him. Um, so I think that'll be really big for him, big for Glasgow. I don't know if they might put a switch in the front row. I feel like Ferguson and Batty, their performances are not being awful, but they've dipped and they're almost just looking tired and they're not... They're not since the autumn internationals, where obviously they had such a high point against Australia. It feels like they're not really bringing that level of form to the game. So it'd be interesting to see whether they bring in Kebble and the Nuke to try and sort of again just counteract that Edinburgh pack. Um, but no, I mean the weather looks like it's going to be awful, so it will probably quite a terrible game. <laughs> I, I wonder if they will play Finn Russell as well and just try and get like just all their best players on the pitch and just kind of get it back on track. Um, seeing as Horn didn't play that well and I think that could make a difference. But you never know. Like Edinburgh looking strong. Been really good run recently. Probably pretty confident going there. So hopefully it's at least going to be a close game. I don't think it'll be that they're never that entertaining <laughs> or, or, you know, high quality. But yeah, we'll see. The one thing I want to point out is obviously we've talked quite a lot about probably Edinburgh's like tenacity and doggedness um, at the weekend, which was astounding seeing that Edinburgh had so many private school educated Edinburgh boys in that team. It's amazing that one of those um, private school educated boys went to score the, the final try. Yeah. Christine, imagine that. He's coming in there. Just, <laughs> he's managed to do it. He's gone against authority. The ref was calling advantage. He just played on, playing to the rules. Well educated lad, isn't he? But it's, it's, an in, it's an interesting move by Cockrell because he is in those comments, and for people who haven't heard it, he basically inferred that Edinburgh private school rugby boys were sort of slightly inherently weaker than um, obviously non-Edinburgh, non-private um, school educated people. And it's a strange move to make when, you know, at the weekend there was five people in that squad who went to Edinburgh private schools and there was quite a few people from Strathallan which kind of falls into a relatively similar category. So you're almost sort of insulting a third third of your squad by doing that. Yeah, it actually reminds me of quite an interesting story that someone told me about. I know Pete, Peter Wright follows the, the Twitter, or I don't know if he listens to us. We might hear this and hate it. But I suppose when he was coaching the under-20s, he sat them down like the first day of training and just said, right, half of the boys in this room, you've, you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth. You've never had to fight for anything. Other half, you've been given no opportunities and, you know... Um, You've had to work for every single you know, opportunity chance you've got. And like I know which boys I'd want to be out of the pitch. And then it sort of walked out. <laughs> like you got people looking around the room being like, trying to figure out what school they were at or, or you know, their hardship in life. It's just I don't know. It seems a bit funny. Obviously we come from a slightly sort of biased pers- <laughs> perspective, you know, and, and there is a certain point to what Peter Wright is saying. Um but at the same time, I think actually when you look at someone like McAnally, who's really thrived under Cockrell, it's, you know, this is someone who was brought up, who's very much been that Watson's hero yeah, through school, yeah. has been sort of an Edinburgh sort of golden child, and actually has now become this great, a really good leader for Edinburgh. So um, it's just, I, I think it's an in, it was an interesting move. I wasn't fully understanding what he was trying to get at. And I think actually... Of all the issues with Scottish rugby over the last 22 years of professionalism, the idea that Edinburgh private schools are one of the top 30 (laughs) is sort of truly ridiculous. 
I, whenever people complain about that, I always go through like the Scotland team, and there's never like, you know, it's never like a big proportion. I admit it is an issue because, you know, it's it's you know decreasing the player pool, I suppose, and the openness of the game. But yeah, as you say, if that's the issue, like, yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot more to deal with. Well, that's good. That section should endear us to our fans. We've done uh, <laughs> nailed our colours to the mast. There's actually the one thing I was heard. There was an interesting, really short article in the Herald by someone I'd never actually heard of, and it was sort of talking about. It made a sort of comparison to Murrayfield having sort of twenty one thousand people for the sort of Edinburgh Glasgow game. I think against him going to like a game at D- Den Park or who do, who do, who plays at Den's Park, a, a Scottish football team. And I think he was basically, and then he sort of talked about how actually, because Dundee Dundee play at Dens Park, and he was basically saying that obviously for a long time, you know, Edinburgh and Glasgow were struggling to get players and people were very much ingrained in sort of the club and district um, set up and so struggled to identify with Edinburgh and Glasgow and specifically obviously Border Reavers and Caledonian Reds back in the day. But actually now that it's been 22 years and you get a lot of people who don't actually are, are, have grown up with this being the status quo. And so actually this idea of, you know, oh, well, you don't support Edinburgh because you're Curry and that's your team. Actually, for a lot of people, sub 30 isn't like a real thing anymore. And actually you see that now with how well Scotland and how, and I know obviously Edinburgh and Glasgow aren't getting high attendances, but specifically for Glasgow, they're growing quite substantially. And to get 21,000 people out for that game for Edinburgh is actually a really, really big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we're done at Scotston at the weekend. Matt, have you got a prediction for me as to what the game, the score is going to be? I think Glasgow win by 12. Guys, go by 12. Alan, what do you think? Now we've been talking it through, I think if the weather folds, Edinburgh by five. Ooh, that is punchy. Yeah. Um, if, if that prediction comes true, what Glasgow establishment are you going to buy someone a WKD in? That's true. Did anyone make it to Fingers Piano Bar for the Alan, um, Alan Little WKD? Yeah, I was sitting there with 15 blue WKDs. <laughs> Had to have them all. My girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, <laughs> was really angry at me. <laughs> um, I haven't been out in Glasgow in a very long time. Let's say Viper. Is that still going? I believe so, yeah. If not, we can get a couple of cans and have a fight in Barbecue Kings, like a proper <laughs> proper Scottish rugby night out. Um, Alan by five, he's saying Edinburgh by five, Matt, Glasgow by 12. I think Glasgow are going to get their shit together. Oh, sorry. Apologies for swearing. We'll bleep that out. Um, are going to get their, their game together, and I think they'll win by 10, actually. I think they're, it's going to be a bit of a, bit of a backlash. Um, so we will be back in the new year, guys. Thanks a lot for coming along. Hope you had a Merry Christmas and enjoy the 1872 Cup on Saturday. But for another week, that is the thistle. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.